welcome back to another episode here on Aphrodite's Oracle. My name is Valerie and I want to take a second to say thank you to everyone who is listening uh, right now. You guys mean the world to me. I love you so much. Thank you for listening and expressing your interest in these topics. And tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, for some reason, I've, I've made it a habit to record these at night. I never used to do that, but times are changing. So tonight we're talking about the sacred masculine, the divine masculine archetype of Poseidon. He is the destroyer in Greek mythology. He is an emotional force, and there are so many positive things about that and there are also some opportunities for growth so in this episode i wanted to talk about his place in greek mythology and then how this archetype is born in the modern man and so let's just begin so the poseidon archetype here is where we find poets screenwriters, authors, artists, musicians, composers, designers, therapists. This is the trajectory of the Poseidon archetype in the modern man. He is the sphere of of emotions. And the man for whom Poseidon is the main archetype, this man is directly in touch with his instincts and his feelings which he expresses spontaneously and immediately if he's extroverted. But if he's introverted, he can sort of keep these feelings deep within himself. And in either case, he feels deeply and intensely. Poseidon was the god of the sea, earthquakes, storms, and horses. He is considered one of the most uh, bad-tempered, moody, and even greedy of the Olympian gods. And he was known to be vengeful when insulted. He was known for his fast-changing temperament and the fact that he could be easily offended. And because he was also dignified and competitive, it became very important not to offend him or argue with him because those who angered him became uh, the victim of his wrath. He was known for causing major catastrophic events like floods, earthquakes, storms at sea, and even uh, sea, like legendary sea monsters he could use to get even with somebody who had made him angry. And this is because Poseidon had complete power and control over the ocean. He could create storms to sink ships or clear the weather to help them along. He could also cause earthquakes on land. And this was what earned him his other title, which is the Earth Shaker. The Romans called this energy or this archetype of Poseidon uh, Neptune. Now remember, all of the Roman gods are named after planets, while the Greek gods have names like Poseidon and Apollo and Zeus. So skipping back 
to one of the topics I discussed in depth at the beginning of the last episode about Zeus is the Titanomachy. I have to laugh. It sounds like I'm speaking an Asian language when I say that. But after the Titanomachy, the gods defeated the Titans and the world was divided into three parts. Zeus uh, earned dominion over the sky, Hades, the underworld, and Poseidon, the sea. The only reference to this divide, which also seems to be very prominent as I've been researching, there's only one reference to it, and that's in the Iliad by Homer, but it seems to have stuck because it's it's everywhere as I've been researching these archetypes. So these three brothers would be given equal rule over the land, but in many respects, nobody exercised this power more than Poseidon did. The god of the sea may have been his title, but he also was considered the god of earthquakes, as we just talked about, because he he shook the earth so violently, so often, that Hades was afraid that the underworld might collapse under all of the shaking. And this is because of Poseidon's legendary temper. Now remember, when we talked about this in the tarot series, anytime we're talking about water in esoterica or spirituality, it always means emotions. It's a very clear reference throughout spiritual teachings. And this is why Poseidon, god of the sea, is known for his emotions. But he was most notably the god of the sea, a protector of the waters, sailors, and anyone using the sea for safe passage would call upon Poseidon to be looked upon favorably. And if you have researched Greek mythology at all, you would know that Poseidon's trident is hand in hand with with him. He is known for that. He's rarely pictured in art without his trident or his three-pronged spear. It is his most recognizable emblem, even though he did have a son with Amphrodite, which we will get to her in a little bit. Uh, his son was named Triton, and Triton carries a trident as well. Poseidon could use this trident to produce an earthquake, which he often did because of his violent temper. He was hot-blooded, so to speak. He had a short fuse, and he had many disputes with both gods and men, and most famously with Athena and Odysseus. One of Poseidon's most famous deeds is the creation of the horse. And there are two stories that I found while researching that tell us how he did this. And the first one, of course, had to do with a woman, which is very common in these myths. The dynamic between the masculine and the feminine energy is, uh, is very strong. So the first tale of how he created the first horse was that he fell in love with the goddess Demeter. And in order to impress her, he vowed to create the world's most beautiful animal. And he worked on this for quite a long time. He worked on this until finally he produced the horse. However, in true, 
in true Poseidon fashion. It took him quite some time to eventually produce this horse. And by the time it was created, of course, he was no longer in love with Demeter. That moment had passed. And the other story tells how he made the horse to win the city of Athens from Athena. And I talked about this in Athena's episode quite a few back, but both Poseidon and Athena wanted to be the patron god of the Greek city-state of Athens. And as part of the contest, they would present a gift to the leaders of Athens. Athena created the olive tree, which would produce wood and olives and olive oil for the people of Athens, while Poseidon presented the horse, which would be a valuable animal to help in work, in battle, and transportation. Although some of these myths or stories do say that he presented seawater instead of the horse. So there are different accounts here. But in this particular one, he presented the horse. However, Athena did win this contest and she became the patron goddess of Athens. And from that time forward, of course, Poseidon and Athena were rivals. And this plays out in the story of the Odyssey, actually, where Poseidon tries to thwart Odysseus while Athena is trying to help him. So he's just doing everything he possibly can to keep Odysseus from succeeding on his Odyssey, even though it's really his issue with Athena that's causing it. Odysseus is just kind of caught in the middle. Although not all of Poseidon's myths are negative, not all of these accounts are about revenge, Poseidon could also be very passionate and understanding to those who he favored and therefore gave good words or intervened himself on their behalf. Behalf. One of these accounts is the myth of Ares and Aphrodite, and I talked about this in Aphrodite's episode, but she was with Ares in bed, even though she was married to Hephaestus, and after all the gods had been summoned to see the adultery and it was a source of entertainment for the gods, it was Poseidon who convinced Hephaestus to let Ares go in spite of what had happened. Of course, <laughs> Poseidon does end up having sex with Aphrodite, but maybe that was his motive all along. But anyway, he did make a uh, he did have a good heart uh, for that tale. So during a time of extreme loneliness and anger, Poseidon created several strong storms, and they were so strong that the seas and the heavens came together. They united. And in order to remedy his emotions, Poseidon decided to find a wife. And as he was searching, he came across a mermaid named Amphitrite. And according to all of the research that I found, they all said that she was a beautiful mermaid, of course, golden hair, sparkling eyes, the color of the ocean. And Poseidon was immediately attracted to her and he fell in love with her and proposed to her. But it didn't quite go as planned at first. Now, Amphitrite, Amphitrite was the granddaughter of Oceanus. And her keepers, or the people that protected her, wanted to keep her innocence. 
and told Poseidon that she would not marry him because of his temper. But Poseidon was so infatuated with Amphitrite that he refused to give up on this, and he sent uh, Delphinius, the king of the dolphins, I love these character names, to find Amphitrite for him and convince her to marry Poseidon. Of course, the dolphins set out on this long journey and... Amphitrite had gone up into the Atlas Mountains to hide, but eventually she did get discovered. And the dolphin promised Amphitrite that if she were to marry Poseidon, his energies and emotions would come into a place of balance, leaving him tranquil and calm. And the sea would never claim the life of a mortal ever again. So out of a good deed to humanity, Amphitrite agreed to marry Poseidon on the claim that no mortal life would ever be lost at sea again, and they ended up having uh, three children together, one of which is Triton, which I mentioned earlier. That story is important because it kind of comes back around to that as we start here talking about the archetype of the modern man. The ocean in dreams and in metaphors represents the unconscious memories and emotions that are easily remembered retrieved and deeply personal which lie just below the surface this is the world of the poseidon man this repression of emotions it goes deep and it goes underground and it it does not get integrated into the man's personality. So because of this nature of the Poseidon man to feel so deeply, which is so beautiful, oh, but it's not necessarily welcomed with open arms in today's society. So the Poseidon man will feel that what he's experiencing is, is, is wrong. And so he may feel the need to suppress uh, the emotions that he feels. And eventually, of course, they can no longer be ignored. That's just how life works. And because of that, it can turn into rage or grief or even a primitive urge to wreak havoc on whoever caused the pain, no matter who it might be. And that's a very Poseidon trait. That's why his name is the Destroyer. Poseidon is also the archetype through which a psychological realm of great beauty and depth can be known. Emotional depth is not appreciated in men's psyches in many of our patriarchal culture, cultures today. Men are expected to have that stiff upper lip or hold their feelings inside. This emotional hidden depth is unexpressed, but it's still there and it becomes deep introverted feelings that need to be tapped into or expressed in creative outlets of some kind. I just think that that's a shame. I think it's a shame because we offer such space for the feminine archetypes to be expressive. And yes, there is also the extreme stereotype of like crazy, crazy women. But most of the time, a woman in her emotions is, is like, it's a very beautiful thing, but we don't offer that same space for men. And I think that that's something that we should all work on doing in a, in a personal 
to people in our personal lives, just allowing that space for, even if you know, you're know you not with the Poseidon archetype or whatever, uh, just the men in our life to have space to be expressive and to understand the depths of their own being. Poseidon was the only Olympian god who had access to the water's depths. He could stay underwater for as long as he wanted or arise quickly because he had these golden horses that would pull him to the surface as quick as lightning. So Poseidon is a metaphor for a person who can travel deeply into the world of feeling and gain access to soul, great beauty, and the vast profoundness of it. A man who is cut off from his emotions might try to numb them. So a Poseidon archetype who's hurting may even turn to things like drugs or alcohol or even like mindless sex to hide his pain or try to feel better in the moment, which I'm actually all about feeling better in the moment because I believe that we attract to us how we feel. So if we can feel better in the moment, then we'll just keep feeling better and better and better. But unfortunately, using things like drugs or alcohol or casual sex to feel better in the moment uh, oftentimes leads to a harder problem down the road. So Poseidon people or male archetypes must develop ways to live so that their extreme emotions do not overwhelm them. They need to live life in a way that gives them a creative outlet, uh, like some of the things I, I listed earlier, like writing or poetry, something to utilize the beauty and the strength of their emotions. Even if it's something that nobody sees, you, know, you don't have to be the next famous author or a great painter, just a way to feel into those emotions and express them in a healthy way, even if it's just something that you make for yourself and you never share it with anybody. It's very healthy for, for the Poseidon archetype to, to live in this way. And it's also necessary for him to develop the ability to see circumstances a little bit more dispassionately and objectively. So remember when we talked about Zeus, how he has that kind of bird's eye view. Well, that would be advantageous for the Poseidon man because he gets in these internal storms where everything just feels so big and overwhelming, just like you were getting caught in the wave of an ocean. And if you're in that situation, you could see how being able to rise above it, look down on it objectively is going to help you help you move through that. When a Poseidon man is experiencing these beautiful, deep, soulful, but powerful and forceful and sometimes destructive emotions, what is going on in his psyche can be given form and made into art. So Hephaestus is another archetype that can help transform emotions, uh, Poseidon's emotions, into creativity. Hephaestus was kind of a rejected god and had a lot of feelings himself, but instead of erupting or creating 
great devastating storms, he made beautiful and useful objects and inventions. His anger was then transformed. Instead of being destructive, it was creative. And when these other archetypes are active, Poseidon loses the power to flood and take over the personality with too much emotion. Now in marriage, the story of Poseidon's courtship and marriage to Amphitrite provides us with metaphorical details uh, necessary before Poseidon man can make a commitment to one woman. Poseidon saw Amphitrite dancing and he, he fell in love with her, which is to say he actually fell in love, not just a feeling for sexual desire. He was attracted to her on a soul level. He fell in love with her and then he courted her and she got scared because typically in the story, he, Poseidon, tries to rape her because he just wants her so bad. And so she fled to where she was safe from his power and he behaved toward her as he was used to behaving towards all the other women in his life or any other thing that he came upon that was a challenge. And it didn't work with her. These tactics and ways of being did not bring her back to him. And when he felt the loss of this particular special woman that his usual form could not win back, he had to change his attitude. And the human Poseidon who realizes too late that maybe he lost someone that was uh, unique for him will find himself in the same position. And to win her back, Poseidon needed the help of the dolphin who found that she was hiding and then persuaded her to marry Poseidon. But the Poseidon man often finds that he needs to develop this dolphin characteristic in himself so that he can attune himself to the other person and be sensitive, caring, and communicative at a deep level. So he must do this if he is to persuade the woman that he loves to uh, return to him or stay with him and sort of win her. That is his, is his challenge, is to use those, those deep and beautiful emotions to connect with the one that he loves rather than chase her away, so to speak. See how the relationship between the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine, it alchemizes us and it changes us and it makes us better people. So if Poseidon can have that effect on himself and learn how to properly express himself, he evolves. I will leave you with ways to grow and the highest human potential for living out this archetype is represented by the image of Poseidon himself in his chariot being drawn by his horses, calming the sea with creatures from the deep frolicking all around him. The Poseidon man can descend into the deep sea, which is that watery field of emotions. And he's at home there and he can experience its beauty and serenity. And he becomes unafraid of what other 
monsters might lurk in the dark places. So in a sense, the Poseidon man becomes comfortable with the fact that he is connected to his emotions on a deeper level than than other archetypes may be and learns that it's not a scary thing. It doesn't have to be a scary thing to go deep and to express in a healthy, creative way, like I talked about, even just creating art for, for his own enjoyment. With Poseidon as the major influencing archetype, psychological growth occurs when a Poseidon's man innate connect, man's innate connection to the emotional realm finds a healthy means of expression through work, relationships, or creativity. And because, of course, this is his nature, he is susceptible to being taken over by strong emotions. And the Poseidon man would do well to develop abilities of observation, reflection, and thinking objectively. Now, as with all of the archetypes, there are huge positives and then also ways to develop and grow as a person. And oftentimes we don't take the time to do the introspection. And that's really what I am doing this podcast for is I believe that our greatest catalyst for growth is our own ability and decision to look at our actions objectively from a place of truly just observation and seeing what our patterns may be or seeing how we are acting because of even our how we, we were parented or how we grew up or who were major influencers in our life. And I just want to encourage everyone who's listening to do that inner work and do the work that seems difficult at the time because it's only going to lead to a better version of you. And that's really why we're here, right? To become better than, than we were yesterday and to continue working on ourselves mentally, physically, and emotionally. It's, it's all one package, guys. We're not just our bodies. We're not just our minds. We're not just our hearts. We're, we're all of it. And one truly affects the other. And we have to watch out for imbalances as well. All right, guys, that's everything on the sacred masculine archetype of Poseidon. And I just want to thank you so much for listening today. And hopefully you leave inspired to explore the emotional depth of your being and find your inner Poseidon and express this in a creative and beautiful way that is creative rather than destructive. So I love you guys so much. And as always, if you need to reach out to me about uh, anything you heard here today, if you have a question or you just want to make a comment, you can find me on Instagram at Val Cody or my email address, ValerieAnnaCody at gmail.com. All right. Love you guys. Good night.